Today on the show, I'm going to continue the talk on yoga psychology with a discussion about the link between psychology and breath. I will also share a pranayama meditation with you. So please continue to support the podcast by sharing it with a friend. This really helps me get the word out. You can also support the podcast with a donation. If you're enjoying the content that I'm providing for you, please make a donation. You can go to thestoryofmepodcast.com and go to the contact page, and there's a donate button. And thank you to those of you who have already contributed to the podcast. I'm going to be doing a special episode with a guest co-host to help me answer questions that are related to relationships, emotional connection, and intimacy. And my guest co-host will be Mia Ganda, who has been on the show before. And so please submit questions related to this so that we can answer them together and and uh, bring you this episode. You can go to thestorymepodcast.com, the contact page, and record the question to be played on the show and answered. And for those of you who have subscribed to my newsletter, you know that I am interested in doing kundalini yoga classes related to each of the episodes. I haven't figured out the format that I want to use yet, whether I'm going to do a live class or a pre-recorded class that you can view the video for online and do whenever you want. Because the problem is that listeners are all over the world, and, and as soon as things go back to normal, I'll be traveling quite a bit as well. So the time aspect of when to best do the class is going to be a little challenging. My idea was then maybe to do a video recording of the class and upload this and allow you to either download it or just watch it in streaming video so that you can do it whenever you like, but you, then you can listen to the episode and follow along the video afterwards to participate in the Kundalini Yoga class. So if this is something that interests you, let me know. Drop me a line. Tell me which part of the country you're listening from. So maybe if I do it live, we can figure out a time. Otherwise, maybe I do it recorded and you can just view the video online and follow along whenever you'd like at your own time. And maybe this is the way to go, but I'm not sure. Let me know what you think. And I will get to work on this because I think this would be very helpful to get the full effect of the vibration of what I'm teaching and to experience the yoga associated with this. And then you can do this on your own whenever you'd like. And my apologies for any background noise that you may hear. As many of you know, I am in India, the world's noisiest place, and, and uh, unfortunately I can't control the noise. <laughs> All right, now let's get to it. Bountiful am I, blissful am I, why? Welcome to the story of me with Amarjit Singh. This is where I share stories from my unconventional life and relate the psychological insights that I learned from these experiences. Each story will entertain you as well as increase your awareness of your own self-limiting patterns. 
Then, through the principles of yoga psychology, you will learn how to overcome the resistance that is holding you back from living a more fulfilling life. Join me every Tuesday for a new episode where I share my experiences in psychological understanding, interview guests, and answer listener questions. Now let's get started with the podcast that awakens your inner power through awareness and understanding. Welcome to the show. My name is Amarjit Singh, and I am your host. Thank you for joining me today. It's good to have you. I hope everything is going well for you. Today, I wanted to continue the discussion that I began on episode 19, where I answered the question, what is yoga psychology? And if you haven't listened to this episode, go back and listen to this to give you the framework and the understanding of what is yoga psychology and how does this compare to Western psychology. Today, I'm going to get into some of the aspects of yoga psychology in greater detail so that you can understand how to use this to create awareness. Specifically, I'm going to get into the relationship between psychology and breath. And we're going to talk about why the breath is so important. In yoga, there's so much focus on the breath. Why is that? What is this link between yoga and the breath? And why is the breath so important? Besides the fact that it keeps us alive. If we're not breathing, then there's problems. Typically in yoga classes, we're instructed to consciously breathe or to connect to the breath or to breathe deeply, retain the breath. Whatever command we're given, but many of them related to the breath. So what impact does the breath have on you and your yoga practice or or even in a bigger scope in your life? Because yoga psychology isn't just about the time that you're practicing yoga in the studio, but it's about the whole aspect of how your awareness is increasing and elevating your consciousness, elevating the flow of your consciousness. When we talk about the breath, it's just one aspect to this instrument of our framework. We have the body, the mind, and the emotions, which are these navigation system. And the breath is one aspect that really has an impact on all three of these. And so it's very important to understand how to understand the breath and how to then use this understanding to affect your physical, emotional, and mental disposition. Now, it's said in yoga that the lifespan is measured in breaths. So it's not by the number of years, but by the breaths that you take. The slower you breathe, the longer your life will be. And this is why you look at dogs that breathe so fast and they have a shorter life. So what we're going to do today then is to talk about different aspects of this understanding of the breath. And there are two ways to look at the breath. We have pranayama, which if you've been doing yoga, you know about. 
And we have what's called Swara Yoga. And Swara Yoga is the yoga of breath. And it's it teaches how to use the breath to understand the mental, physical, and emotional states. It's actually more encompassing than pranayama. Pranayama is a very small part of the breath, but pranayama is not really about the breath. It's developed in these breathing exercises, but it's really to control the life force, the prana. And I'll get into this a little more uh, detailed at the end of this conversation, then I'll dedicate one episode also to pranayama. But today we're going to talk about really swara yoga, how to understand the mental, physical, and emotional states through the breath and how to control these. And at the end of this episode, I will also share a pranayama meditation for you that will affect your mental, physical, and emotional well-being and also help you learn to control the prana, which we'll get into. So the teachings of Swara Yoga come from the Shiva Swaradaya, which is an ancient Sanskrit text uh, talking about these emotional, physical, mental states and how to understand them through the breath. So we're going to break this down. So the first thing we're going to look at is this idea of conscious breathing. In yoga classes, you're often instructed to breathe consciously. What does this mean and why do yoga teachers say this? Why do they tell you to breathe consciously? Well, breathing consciously has a biological effect on your mental, emotional, and physical state. When you connect with your breath, the first thing it does is it helps you be present because you're focusing on the inhalation, the exhalation, and it brings your mind to focus, allowing you to be in the present moment. And this is very effective because where does all anxiety and stress come from? It comes from expectations about what is going to happen and what has already happened. And so when we're not present, we have difficulty being balanced and being calm because of these ideas of the future or the past. So if you're ever having difficulty being present or you're feeling anxious or or you're having difficulty calming down, there are many breathing exercises that you can do that will address the specific situation you're in, but really even just being conscious of the breath no matter what you're doing, is just to pay attention to a couple inhalations and exhalations and try to focus on this. The other aspect of conscious breathing is when you breathe consciously, you activate a different part of your brain. Now, this is very important. When you breathe unconsciously, the breath is controlled by the medulla oblongata. This is the area of the brainstem, the primitive part of the brain while consciously breathing comes from the more evolved areas of the brain in the cerebral cortex. So basically, when you're breathing consciously, you're stimulating the cerebral cortex, the more evolved area of the brain, and you're not in the primitive reactive area of the brain. So this conscious breathing 
sends impulses from the cortex to the connecting areas that impact emotions. And this activates the cerebral cortex and has a relaxing and balancing effect on your emotional state. So in essence, by consciously breathing, you are controlling which aspects of the mind dominate, causing your consciousness to rise from the primitive, instinctual, to the evolved and elevated. So this is very important because it's really activating these more evolved areas of the brain just by simply concentrating on the breath or paying attention to the breath. The next aspect of breathing is controlling the breath. And by changing the breathing patterns, you can produce different states of mind. So there are different breathing exercises or different pranayamas that will induce different states of mind. Whether you want to slow down or speed up, whatever it is, you can control this through this breath. In fact, this idea of swara yoga is to pay attention to how your breathing is and recognize that this is an indication of your psychological and emotional state and physical state. And when you do this, then you can adjust it because the breath is kind of like this uh, thermometer where it controls the temperature of the body and it controls the activation of different aspects of the mind. So the cerebral cortex is activated through consciously slowing down the release of breath. Then the cerebral cortex sends inhibitory impulses to the respiratory center in the midbrain. These inhibitory impulses from the cortex overflow into the area of the hypothalamus, which is concerned with emotions and relaxing. This is why slowing down the breath has a soothing effect on your emotional state. There are channels of this flow of subtle energy throughout your body. There are 72,000 channels where this subtle energy flows through your body. And we call these channels in, in, in Sanskrit and yoga, we call them nadis. Out of these 72,000 channels, there are three that are the most important. The first one is the ida nadi, or the ida channel. And this channel begins at the first chakra, the muladhara chakra, and it courses through the chakras and ends up in the left nostril. So the Ida channel is aligned with the left nostril and the moon energy and has a very calming and cooling effect. The second channel that's important is the Pingala channel, the Pingala Nadi. And this originates again in the same place in the Muladhara chakra, the first chakra, and it goes through all the chakras and ends up in the right nostril. And so the right nostril is associated with the sun energy and has a heating effect. These two nostrils work as a thermostat. So if you notice throughout the day that one nostril will be dominant compared to the other, depending on your mental, emotional, and physical states, and the way that it is controlled is through the flow of blood through the nose. So in the nasal cavity, there's erectile tissue. 
and it fills up with blood to restrict the flow of air coming in or out of that nostril. And so throughout the day, one nostril will be dominant and it will change. Every every couple hours, it changes. And as it changes from the left nostril to the right or the right nostril to the left, for a short time, it goes through the central channel, which is the third most important channel. And this is the Sushumna Nadi. And this is the central channel. And this goes straight up from the, the root chakra to the top. And this is also associated with balance. When both nostrils or both channels are balanced, the subtle energy flows through the third, the, the middle channel. And this is also the channel where the kundalini energy travels. So when the left Ida channel and the, the right Pingala channel are balanced, the subtle energy flows up the Sushumna, and this is where the kundalini energy travels. And so what we want to do is we want to understand how our mental, physical, and emotional state is in relationship to how we're breathing. So if you put your fingers in front of your nostril, you can see that maybe one nostril is dominant compared to the other. You can feel the breath going out and coming in from one of the channels stronger than the other channel. So if it's coming out of the left channel, the ira nadi, the left nostril, this has a cooling effect and a calming effect. And if it's dominated through the right nostril, the pingala, this is a, a fire energy, a heating effect. And so when you notice this, you can say, okay, I can see what is happening, why, why is this happening? And then there's ways to control this by trying to do different breathing exercises to make the other channel or make one channel more dominant over the other or to balance them. Like I said, during the course of the day, the left and right nostrils alternate uh, depending on your disposition, and you can learn how to understand this and how to control them. So you can try to find balance. In fact, I will give you a pranayama meditation to balance both channels so we can get to the neutral channel, the sushumna nadi. And when you balance both of these channels, then both hemispheres of the brain are balanced. So there are, are simple exercises that you can do to control the flow of the subtle energy through the left or the right side or the center. If you want to calm down, maybe your emotional state is very uh, erratic or, or is, is out of balance, you can put your thumb to cover the right nostril and just breathe nice and, and slowly from the left nostril. And do this for 10 minutes. And you will see that it will calm you down. And vice versa, if you're having difficulty animating yourself or you're having energy, you can cover the left nostril and breathe just out of the right nostril and try to focus the sun energy, the active energy. And this is why when you sleep, you should sleep on your right side so then the left nostril is dominant. 
And since the left nostril is associated with the moon energy and the calming effect, by sleeping on the right side, you can increase this effect to relax yourself to fall asleep. The long-term goal is to really activate the central channel, though the sushumna, for long periods of time, because typically it's it's for most people it's it's only really open for short periods of time where it's changing over from being left nostril dominant to right nostril or vice versa. What you want to really do is to be able to keep the central channel open, and this is when the mind and the body and everything is balanced because this is where the kundalini energy arises, and this is also where you can have a neutral mind. Right, The neutral mind is the mind at peace, the mind at rest. It is the mind that can let go of attachments. It can allow you to be present, and it can understand your consciousness. Now I'm going to talk about pranayama a little bit, even though pranayama is is really about prana, not the breath, but it has some overlapping features. Like these pranayama exercises allow you to control the learn to control the prana, but it also allows you to control the breathing. But it's important to understand that pranayama is not about the breath. And it is more about the control of prana, and prana is not the breath as well. Often people confuse this and they think the prana is breath because the times that we're talking about prana, we're usually talking about breath. But really it's about controlling the prana. And what is prana? And I talked about this a little bit before, but prana is the life force that animates all that is living. When you go to pick something up, it's the energy that goes to the muscle to activate the muscle. The stronger your concentration, the more you're able to direct the prana. The reason that we learn how to control this life force through the breath is because this is the only organ that we can activate consciously or unconsciously. If you want to learn how to control the prana through the liver or through the heart, it's much more difficult. But through the breath, it's easier because the prana is the energy that animates the lungs. It causes the lungs to expand and contract. When we're able to control the flow of this prana through the activation of the breath, we learn how to control the prana better to send it to other parts of our body. And when we master this control of pranayama through the breath, we can control the other organs of the body. In fact, I talked about how to heal yourself in episode 10. And one of the biggest parts of learning how to heal yourself is learning how to control the prana. And not just to control it, but to create a very subtle awareness of the prana, the flow of prana through the channels that we talked about. Remember, I talked about the 72,000 channels, but really the three most important ones that we're talking about today. But when you learn how to create this awareness of the subtle vibrations within, 
you can feel this flow of prana. When we become sick, it's because of a disruption of the flow of prana through one of these channels. For example, if we're having heart disease or liver trouble, it's because the flow of prana is not is not getting to these organs properly and is not animating the organ the way it should. And this is because of these emotional blocks, we can call them. But really, it's just a vibration that inhibits the flow of prana. Because everything is a vibration. When you have an emotion, I think we talked about this before, like anger, it resides in the chest area. And it's a very coarse vibration. And what happens when you get angry is then the breath gets deeper, the heart starts pounding harder. And why does it do that? Because the prana is having difficulty getting through this vibration of anger because the vibration of anger is dense. And so what it does is it prevents this flow so the heart has to beat harder in order to pump the blood. And the breath has to get deeper in order for the lungs to expand and and contract. And if this is a habitual pattern for you, that vibration of anger will go away, but a remnant of it will stay. And as this builds up, it prevents this prana from flowing properly. And after years and years of this, you begin to have heart trouble because the heart can't operate this way. And so this is why it's important to create the subtle awareness of the prana through the body. The way to start to learn how to do this is through these pranayama exercises. And so this is why pranayama is very important in yoga psychology because it's about understanding this flow of prana. It's understanding this instrument that you have. We do this by focusing on three stages of respiration. The inhalation, the retention, and the exhalation. However, according to the yogic text, pranayama is more of the retention. The inhalation exhalations are just methods for affecting the retention. When you are able to retain the breath, it has a physiological effect on your brain. And so this is how you can affect the psychology of your mind by holding the breath, by breathing in different uh, breathing patterns. So not only when you do these pranayama exercises are you learning to control the prana, you're also directly affecting the brain physiologically. Because when you retain the breath, it provides more opportunity for the cells to absorb oxygen. And also then it eliminates more carbon dioxide, which has a calming effect on your mental and emotional well-being. In fact, there's scientific studies that prove that slight increases in carbon dioxide for a short amount of time reduce anxiety. And so it's another way that you can let go of this anxiety or even help yourself deal with the symptoms of depression. However, it's only beneficial up to a certain level because very high levels of this carbon dioxide becomes harmful and even fatal. Also, when you retain the breath, what happens is the brain begins to panic because it doesn't want these high levels of carbon dioxide building, so it starts to panic. 
So the increased carbon dioxide levels stimulate the brain's capillaries to dilate. And then the more capillaries in the brain that are opened, it improves this circulation in the, in the brain. And this builds up a, a very strong energy, uh, and it also strengthens the nervous system in the brain, which is very important, especially if you want to raise the kundalini energy, you have to have a strong nervous system because the nervous system is like a electrical wiring system. And the kundalini energy is like a lightning bolt energy. It's very strong. If your nervous system is weak, you can't tolerate the kundalini energy from rising. And also you have difficulty in the day-to-day changes in life because you you become nervous. Your, your nervous system gets overloaded and it stresses you out and it physically wears you down. But when you're holding the breath, what happens is the mind begins to panic and it looks for new neural pathways to allow you to release the carbon dioxide buildup. And so it activates dormant centers in the brain. So basically, when you're holding the breath, the brain becomes more activated and wakes up. And this is often why when you're holding the breath in a meditation, sometimes you start to see light because it's this activation of the brain firing because it's panicking that it's going to be overcome by the carbon dioxide. This is all the physiological workings of the brain, the mind, and the emotional state and the physical state, how they're so closely tied together. And this is why it's important to learn how to understand your instrument. Another thing with the breath is that the breath has a sound. Like I talked about in one of the episodes, that everything is vibration. Every thought you have, every movement that you make is a vibration. And the same thing with the sound. You can learn how to really control the body and the mind through these different vibrations and to learn how to feel them because each vibration is unique. The vibration of one type of thought is different than the vibration of another thought. But it takes a very subtle mind to learn how to differentiate these vibrations. And this is what you're doing through yoga is you're learning how to look within and create this subtle awareness of what's happening. And one thing you can do to strengthen your flow of this breath and the flow of this prana is to understand the sound of the breath. In the yogic text, the Upanishads, it states that the breath has a sound that is heard at a particular level of consciousness. And the sound of the breath during inhalation is so, and in the exhalation is hum. And we we use this in kundalini yoga. When we inhale, we mentally vibrate sat. And when we exhale, we mentally vibrate nam to increase the connection to the breath. And we mentally vibrate this, which is a, a... form of chanting, which is more subtle than chanting out loud. 
and it has a more subtle effect. But by mentally chanting either Soham in the Hindu from the Hindu text or Satnam from the Sikh scriptures, you're able to enhance this inner sound that's vibrating within you and affect this vibration in an even stronger way. So when we look at the mind, the prana, and the breath, and how they all work together, we can understand that you're basically an antenna. And how you treat this antenna is going to determine how well it receives the signal. And what is this antenna trying to receive is your consciousness. Because consciousness is not localized. We have a collective consciousness. The same way we have our own lungs, but we share the same air. We have our own brain, but we share this consciousness. And we can call this the collective consciousness, or we can call this God, or what you like to call it. But it's learning how to connect to this, and it's a very subtle flow of energy that we can receive through the physical, mental, and emotional disposition that we create. If you're eating properly, the body functions properly. If you're living a healthy life, consuming healthy things physically, emotionally, then the antenna is stronger and it's able to receive these signals better and you're aware of what you're connecting to. And we have control over how we connect to it. This is why some people are very good in in one aspect of uh, self-expression because this is how they connect to the collective consciousness. But through different meditations, different lifestyles, different eating habits, you connect to a different aspect of this consciousness. But it's also given your karma and your, your experiences, which also are uh, contributors to how you connect to this collective consciousness. But when you can achieve this neutral mind and this neutral way of experiencing things that you have more control over how you connect and how you express this connection. The breath is just one way how we can tune our instrument to receive this connection. So you can think of your breath like the oil in a car, the prana as this gasoline, and the mind as the engine. By understanding these relationships to one another, you're better equipped to navigate your life to these higher levels of elevation and also to repair it when it breaks down. This is why throughout the day it's a good practice to bring yourself to the attention of the breath. And think, what, you don't have to stop what you're doing, but just whatever you're doing, just every hour, every couple hours, how am I breathing? Am I breathing through the nose? Am I breathing through the mouth? Am I breathing uh, erratic? Or is it rhythmic? Is it fast? Is it slow? Is it deep? Is it shallow? And now you can pay attention to this. 
If you notice that, okay, the left nostril is dominant or that I'm breathing erratically, take a few conscious breaths, trying to breathe in a very relaxed manner to slow your breath down. Again, there's many ways to get it from going from the left nostril to the right nostril and different ways of balancing between both of them. But it's important to become aware of how this is affecting you because this is how you use this this instrument to center yourself, to connect to the, the higher self, to connect to your present moment, and to understand how this mind, body, and emotional state all work together and use this tool to affect your day-to-day living, your hour-to-hour living. It's a very practical way. It doesn't take any yoga mat. You can just say, how am I breathing at this moment? Because when we're anxious, what do we do? We hold our breath, and we're not breathing rhythmically. And this is the whole practice of the Swara Yoga is to be conscious of how you're breathing, to breathe consciously every once in a while, bring your attention back there, and to breathe rhythmically. In fact, constant yoga practice will help you breathe in a more rhythmic way, a more balanced way. In fact, I think this is the first thing that I noticed from my yoga practice when I began is that my breath started to become more consistent, more balanced. And if it's not balanced, then say, what's going on in this moment? How do I bring my attention back to it and balance it? Because it's not just what you do on the yoga mat that affects this yoga psychology or the psychology of your consciousness, but it's how you're interacting with this instrument, this mind-body vehicle to express yourself. I'd like to tell you about Sing Flutes. These are flutes that are made by me. They're handcrafted Native American-style flutes designed for sound healing. The flutes are tuned to the frequency of 432 hertz, the harmonic intonation of nature. The fundamental note of each flute is in a key to vibrate a particular chakra. Whether you are playing for others or yourself, Listening to 432 Hertz music resonates inside the body. In fact, they did a medical study where they hooked people up to a brain and heart monitor and played different instruments to them. The Native American-style flute had the most impact in relaxing them. If you're a yoga teacher, it's a great instrument to incorporate into your classes. What I do is I have an app on my iPad that has the sounds of nature, and I'll put on the sounds of rain and play over this to the students at the end of the class. It's a very intuitive instrument to play. There's no musical knowledge necessary to get started. Each flute is unique since they're handmade. I put different artwork on them. I put mantras on them related to the chakras that they're tuned to. So go check them out at singflutes.com, S-I-N-G-H-F-L-U-T-E-S.com. Use the discount code, the story of me podcast and get 10% off. Now we're going to do a pranayama meditation. And this is called the you breathing, the nadi cleansing. Remember I said nadi is the channel, so it's cleansing the channels. I talked about the three most important channels out of the 72,000 that go throughout the body. 
The first was the Ida channel, which is connected to the left nostril. And the second was the Pingala Nadi, which is connected to the right nostril. And then there was the central channel, which is the Sushumna channel. And this you breathing, what it does is it balances both of the channels from the left and the right nostril so that the central channel can be dominant because this is what we want to do. This is where balance is. And this is also where the neutral mind is because we want to be non-attached. And this happens through shunya, the neutral space. And we can control this space or learn how to attain consciousness in the space through this breathing. And again, it's a pranayama, so it also helps us learn how to control the prana. So the way we do this meditation is first you sit in easy pose or lotus pose, these yogic poses, with a very straight spine. It's very important that the spine is straight so that the prana can flow uninhibited. You want to put your left hand on your left knee and using the mudra, the gyan mudra, and the gyan mudra is the mudra of wisdom because it's with the index finger, the Jupiter finger, and the thumb touching. Right, This is a typical mudra that you see in, in the yoga postures. And so we want to put our left hand in, in the gyan mudra resting on the left knee. And again, I will put a link to a PDF file in the show notes on the website for you to be able to see this uh, meditation so that you can follow along with it when you're not listening to this. And it will also be in the Facebook group, the Story of Me podcast Facebook group, where I upload meditations and yoga exercises related to the different episodes. So anyway, so the left hand is in the the yoga mudra, resting on the left knee, and we're going to take the right thumb, and we're going to block the right nostril. And what we're going to do is we're going to inhale through the left nostril, hold the breath, and then we're going to take our thumb off the left nostril and put our index finger of the same hand on the right nostril and exhale through the right nostril. And then we inhale through the right nostril, hold the breath in, and then exhale through the left nostril. Now, this is the the pattern of doing this. The time to do this is, is going to be a ratio of inhalation of one, the holding of the breath four, and the exhalation two. And so you can do this in different ways. You can, for example, Mentally vibrate a mantra so that you can know how long you're holding the breath or inhaling or exhaling. So if we use, for example, the mantra Sat Nam, which is Sat is truth and Nam is name. And together this means truth is my name or true identity. So we can mentally vibrate this mantra in the ratio of one on the inhalation, four holding it, and two on the exhale. So this means if we're going to 
inhale, chanting, mentally vibrating this mantra two times. When we hold the breath, we mentally vibrate it eight times. And on the exhalation, we mentally vibrate it four times. Inhaling through the left nostril, sat, nam, sat, nam. Holding the breath in, sat, nam, 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 sat, nam. Exhaling through the right nostril, sat, nam, sat, nam, sat, nam, sat, nam. Inhaling through the right nostril, sat, nam, sat, nam. Holding the breath in, sat, nam, sat, nam, sat, nam, sat, nam, sat. Nam, sat, nam. Exhaling through the left nostril, sat, nam, sat, nam, sat, nam, sat, nam. Inhaling through the left nostril, sat, nam, sat, nam. Holding the breath in, sat, nam, sat, nam. Sat, nam, sat, nam, sat, nam, sat, nam. Exhaling through the right nostril. Sat, nam, sat, nam, sat, nam, sat, nam. And just continue this pattern. Continue this pattern, mentally vibrating the mantra by yourself for another 10 minutes. And when you're done, inhale deeply. Rest both hands down on the knees and just meditate in the presence of this vibration you created. And again, I will upload this PDF file to the Facebook group of the Story of Me podcast, uh, and I will also put a link to it in the show notes on the website, thestoryofmepodcast.com, for this episode. So go ahead and try to do this meditation for 15 minutes. See if you can do it for that. And then when it's over, you take a nice deep inhale, exhale, and put the Relax both hands down on the knees and just meditate for a few minutes. See how this affects your mind. It'll have a strong impact on the balance of your mind. Try to do this every day when you wake up or every evening before you go to bed for a couple weeks and see what happens. Try it for just one week and see how this affects your day. Try this in the morning when you wake up before you go to work, before you begin your day, whatever it is. And if you're doing it with your yoga practice, you do your physical asanas first and then do the pranayama afterward. And then meditate for a little uh, while so that you can 
appreciate the experience that was created by this pranayama. Again, go to the storyofmepodcast.com and click on this link for this episode, and you'll see in the show notes this uh, PDF file and also in the Facebook group at the Story of Me podcast Facebook group. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed the show. And again, go to the storyofmepodcast.com to the episode Yoga Psychology and Breath, and you can find the PDF file to this meditation that I gave you, the Pranayama meditation, and it will also be in the Facebook group in the files that I upload there. Until the next time, from the podcast that awakens your inner power through awareness and understanding, allow love to be the current that carries your words and actions. <laughs>